The Kachuk brothers faced off against one another this week in Ottawa, and they had a surprise little run-in with each other at the very opening of the game. Dad Keith as we're set to go in Ottawa. The two Kachuk brothers lined up against each other. Not for long, though, because way down to the circle was Artem Anisimov, so Brady has to step in and take the draw, and so does Matthew. There you go. The legendary referee, Wes McCauley, had a hand in that. So basically what happened was they lined up on the wing, I believe Matthew was the right wing and Brady was the left wing facing each other at the, you know, the opening center ice faceoff. And McCauley threw out both of the centers and had the Kachucks come in and take the faceoff. Uh, so the quote that Matthew Kachuk said after the game was that McCauley was great. He said, if I'm refing, you guys have got to do the opening draw and your mom and dad will love it. <laughs> Which they showed them in the crowd and they did seem to be loving it. Yeah, apparently well, there was a pretty Brady big won it, contingency. Won and I think of, uh, Matthew Kachuks. gave him a little shot. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And I think I think that's a natural instinct of Matthew. It's not even something he did on on purpose. So pretty cool moment there. McCauley's a beauty. It's there are very few like people out there that you're like, oh, this guy's refereeing today. I better watch. (laughs) He might do something fun, and like, sure enough, he's he does it. So yeah, explanations of goal of like goal reviews are great, or or even he had that one where he was giving two guys for fighting, and he was like, each guy gets five minutes for fighting. (laughs) Do do a YouTube search for yeah, West, West Macaulay, Macaulay sound bites because awesome. he is amazing. Yes. Sound of Hockey episode 70. We are calling this one the Braden Holtby episode. Hashtag all caps. Hashtag rock the red. Uh, wow. Braden Holtby, potential future crap weasel. Could be. Uh, could be. I think I'm backing off that statement. Okay. I don't think Washington's going to re-sign him. Okay. And so then he's going to probably lock in somewhere for a while. That's going to want him for more than a couple years. So and he might even get a no-move clause in that. Okay. So I'm I'm backing off that that previous statement because it doesn't look like the Capitals are going to re-sign him. Yeah. That's fine. I have a little bit of a hard time with his like. Uh, it's like a neck beard thing that like goes down like when he's well, got a playoff good. beard going. That's a good reason not to have him on the yeah. crap weasels. That's that's some yeah. uh, good analytics there. I, it is. I think it is. I mean, it, listen, Expected if we have to per neck beard, if we have to, <laughs> if we have to watch him every game, like you know, that's a, it's tough. It's a tough situation. Well, he wouldn't there. play every game. Yeah, most. Well, games. aren't you going to be the emergency goalie anyway? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I would certainly sign me to that I, role. You know, I've had I've beard. had people lobby to be the in the emergency goalie. Like list. you're the one yeah. making that call. Like I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> and he likes. I, I remember when they announced the AHL franchise in Palm Springs. He's like, yeah, that helps my chances, mm-hmm. right? Because then they might not get called up. Right, so or they they can't Got get it. there in time versus if he was in like Tacoma or something. <laughs> yeah, it helps the chances of a need for an emergency goal. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So it's episode seventy of Sound of Hockey. I'm Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter, and I haven't shaved in a few days. I got a little bit of a neck beard going. No, no. See, yours yours <laughs> cuts just, off though. Yeah, but I but I haven't shaved, so it's getting a little. Yeah, it, it's riveting. Yeah. It's riveting different. audio. I know. Take a yeah. look at it next time. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'll probably a, be shaved. It's a tough, it's a tough neck beard. It's like his beard just flows down his neck and like turns right into chest hair. Like there's no break in the action there. It's gotcha. just okay. it's like a yeah. turtleneck. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. 
Uh, I'm also joined by John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everyone. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. Uh, we have a nice episode today. We have Julie Stewart-Banks on the show, which is pretty exciting. She's a, a big-time guest, so stick around for that. Uh, we want to start with, well, we don't have a review this week, but we do have a pretty awesome comment on SoundCloud. Wow. J.D. Bryant says, Hey, Sound of Hockey, this track is dope. Check out the link in my bio to get it promoted for free. <laughs> so that's wow, pretty cool. Wow, we're killing it. Long-time listener J.D. Bryant coming in uh, coming in hot there. Was so that for last week's that. episode? That yeah. was a dope track. It was. I was episode 69. It was super dope. Super dope. Yeah, that's what the oh kids say, right? It, hey, had, speaking... it had stories of pee in it. It had all kinds of, of drama. Which, speaking <laughs> of which, which oh, yeah. a quick update on the Hydro Flask. Many people have been asking uh, what happened to the Hydro Flask. You asked yourself yes, what happened to it. Show, yeah. uh, I had a couple of tweets asking me what I did with it. Well, I decided that I was going to sanitize it, but it had been so long that when I, because I like waited oh, on it for a while, wow. so I cracked it open, and the smell was just overwhelming so it has uh it has died a sad death in a recycling bin i don't know if you really can recycle a hydro flask but i feel like it's better than just throwing in the trash so that's what I. so the lesson is if you are going to sanitize your pea soaked hydro flask Mm -hmm. do it right away apparently yeah i didn't know (laughs) did you save the sticker the more you know no i should have i really should have but uh i did not but who knows right i mean i don't know if i got eh, never mind uh (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some Seattle things. Uh, The first Seattle thing, there's a new partnership between NHL Seattle and Alaska Airlines. Uh, So they revealed in some new renderings showing that the atrium that we walk through as the main entrance at the new arena is going to be the Alaska Airlines atrium. I think it actually looks pretty cool. It does look pretty cool. And we kind of take it for granted when we go to arenas and stuff, but there's a lot of branding and sponsorship the second you walk in. Mm -hmm. And so this is just part of it. And it's, and it's going to be on the outside, and it's also kind of like branded on the inside. At least that's how it's uh, the mock-ups have been portrayed to us. I don't know if those are official or not, but I mean it's it's part of the the, the deal, right? We're get we're going to start getting more sponsorship uh, announcements going. We don't have the name of the actual what? arena yet, oh, but the team uh, name is definitely coming yes. at the All Star Game. Which uh, that is a that is a, a strong negative. <laughs> what? Anybody who's been what? listening, if you've been listening to this show for even every other episode, we've been pretty clear that there is no announcement coming during the All-Star game. But somehow people still think it is. It was, I think the, the, somehow it got floated it, out there somewhere. Yeah, well, and Todd, Todd said it on an AMA, like, oh, maybe the yeah. All-Star game. Like, and everybody like latched onto that and was like, Yes, it's finally coming, All Star Game, and then and then we've seen from the actual club back that off and say first half. Um, but mm-hmm. but we're hoping, I think we're hoping by March or in March probably. But no, it's not coming this weekend as in the All Star weekend. Can I can I do my impression of every Twitter comment or Facebook commenter? Yeah, let's hear. Okay, hold, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is Andy Ide doing his impression <laughs> of every Twitter or Facebook commenter about the NHL team name. Go ahead. Where's your name? That was a good one. Okay. Yeah. I get that was, I get that was AI question mark doing yeah. some people short it to his name question mark. Yeah. And then I go wrong wrong account or wrong Facebook. Whenever group. I see that, like, I don't care. I'm always tempted to respond, Andy. <laughs> My name. 
I get it. Uh, right. Man, Andy. It's uh, a good one. That's comedy gold. <laughs> Something. Speaking of that arena, Andy, you are touring the arena this week. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, they're, uh, it's about the third time I think they've let some media in to take a look at the progress of the arena. That'll be happening Tuesday. Okay. Um, we will have a gallery of photos up on NHL 2 Seattle. So okay. you, can, you can take in. They won't be my crappy iPhone photos. Brian Lease, who's done a lot of work for the site, will be there. And he'll awesome. be taking some Big actual, props to Brian. Yeah, yeah, actual professionally well done photos so you'll get a peek of what it looks like inside there uh he's done those in the past and it's, it's pretty good and i what i expect to see is that they've kind of i think they've, they've they've removed a ton of dirt like 600 cubic square feet of dirt or something like that sounds like a big amount of dirt yeah. i think they're at the yeah. bottom as as dirt goes <laughs> yeah, yeah i think they're at the bottom and i think they're just now this now start building you could say six format. million and yeah. i would be like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds a lot, like a lot too sounds yeah. like a lot of dirt huh so that will be posted on the site by the time the podcast yes. is up so that's great because we're recording Monday on Monday, and the tour is on Tuesday, wow. but the podcast won't be posted before then, so... This is very confusing. Yeah. I'm confused now. Okay. That's all right. We'll figure it out. If you're listening to this, go to NHL2Seattle.com, and you'll see that. And, and a, continue a bunch listening of other to great this. things. Yeah. Yes. Uh, reminder that there's that scouting event coming, like, when is that? Next week, the Science of yep. Scouting that NHL Seattle is putting on at Pacific Science Center. Yeah, and I think that it might sell out. It's actually at the IMAX theater, so it's the bigger theater that, that compared to where the advanced analytics talk hmm. was. Um, so go to PacificScienceCenter.org slash NHL. Tickets are only $10, pretty cheap. Um, but all the, the NHL Seattle Pro Scouts, including Stu Barnes, Cami Granato, John Goodwin, Dave Hunter, and Ulf. Samuelson. Ah, they'll all and be I'm there. I'm sure Ron Francis and Ricky Olchek will be there. Well, I anticipate they'll be there as well. And I thought I saw Cami Granado's name in the news again this week. What uh, What's happening? You did. Well, NHL Seattle, we have our first all-star. Oh, hello. Yeah. So Cami Granado, our pro scout, will be actually coaching the U.S. hockey women's team in the three-on-three exhibition game against Canada at the all-star game. That's going to be on Friday. Okay, so Friday. Cool. Cool. We have an all-star. Yeah, awesome. We have an all-star. I love that. Uh, Yeah, and actually the women's rosters for that game have also been announced just in general. Were there any surprises from that? Well, I'm not sure if there's any real surprises, but what's interesting is uh, Jocelyn Lamoureux-Davidson, which is uh, one of the Lamoureux sisters, is on it, but her sister Monique isn't. Who knows what the reason is for that? Um, But a couple people I'm excited about is Annie Panikowski. Oh, yes. You're a big fan. Yeah, she's a Cal- Wisconsin Badger. And she's from California, oh. and she loves dogs, uh-huh. right? Oh. And then uh, Natalie Spooner, friend of the blog. I guess we did a, a event here in Seattle with her a couple of years ago, um, but I'm obviously a big fan, fan of hers. And it's all the top women. Hillary Knight's going to be there. There's, there's tons of others that are going to be there. It's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of uh, exciting women's hockey to see how they do on three-on-three. Um, and hopefully there's a little bit of a uh, rivalry and hate going on because those teams are one of the, the biggest rivals in hockey, believe it or not, is the USA-Canada rivalry. Yeah, and they'll, they'll be on a big stage, so you wonder if they had played for yeah. keeps a little bit more yeah. than the, the, the one thing is, is I don't, I don't know if they've ever played three-on-three three before. I mean, right. I'm sure they've kind of screwed around, but clearly it took a while for NHLers to learn how to play three-on-three, three, uh, like a more of a possession game. But so it should be interesting. It should be fun. Yeah, and I think uh, we should probably see them participating in at least a couple of the skills competition events, like yep. we did last year. As They're well. doing the the do perfect shots. Okay, some from of them, up, some in of them the, are, yeah. up in the rafters or I whatever. I don't think all of them are, but I gotta, yeah, I there's know, two there's or three four on each for each team that, okay. are, that are playing, including awesome. including Natalie Spooner. So that was kind of cool. Very cool last year. Yep. So yeah. very good. Some more kind of groundbreaking coach firing hiring crap again. 
this week, and th- this one came down right as we were finishing recording last week, so of course we missed talking about it last week, but uh, so Gerard Gallant gets fired by the Vegas Golden Knights because of course he does, I guess. I don't know. I, I assume they put, just stuffed him into a taxi cab and <laughs> sent him on his way. And then they they bring in Peter DeBoer. Now, Peter DeBoer's name, I know, had been mentioned on this podcast as a potential candidate yep. for the job here in Seattle. So my first question to you guys, Gerard Gallant, where do you think he stacks up for NHL Seattle right now? I, I, I think he would obviously he's a good coach. He's got a good track record. I wonder, though, if he'll even be available. I think he probably would be on a lot of people's list right now, so he could get hired what? by somebody else. Uh, keep in mind, he was a line mate of a uh, certain general manager of the Detroit Red Wings when he was a player, so okay. he knows him pretty well. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, though, if you're Gallant, do you want to? I mean, he has experience with the expansion process. Does he want to do that again? Does he want that expectation? I don't know. Well, um, But I think he would be a good, a good hire, But from, from the NHL Seattle club perspective, He's been through it, yeah. Right, yeah. he's been through the expansion. He can, he can, he knows where things went right and wrong, and can can make mistakes and, and kind of educate and certainly educate some of the people mm-hmm. here. So that's a, a interesting scenario that uh, none of us really saw no. coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I still think it's uh, really weird uh, to do um, because to fire him, fire him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know what kind of message that sends to the players. You know, usually you want to send a message to the players. I think this sends the wrong one. Hmm. Because they probably liked him, they were like a point or two at the time out of first place. Now they, they they've still. well, they might not be by Wednesday. That's true. But, as as we recording this, they yeah, are, yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> just the Pacific Division is crazy. It, oh, crazy! Would you call it topsy turvy? Oh, you might call it that. <laughs> Um, what I find ironic is the DeBoer hiring, because obviously that was a rivalry, and Gallant had called him a clown last year in the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> um, but now he's the coach there. Uh, but one of the big reasons, you know, Vegas is maybe not where people thought they would be. Their goaltending has not been good, which is one of the main reasons DeBoer struggled in San Jose this year, is they didn't have good goaltending, so I just find it funny. That's that, why John Hines uh, didn't do too yeah, well. it's in, all the goalies' yeah, fault. The goalies yeah. are costing people Well, jobs, I mean, guys... I'm not. I'm not blaming the goalies. I'm just saying, like John was a goalie last week. We've moved on from this. You look at Vegas's numbers; they're like top of the league in like every category except save percentage. They're very Uh, low. I I think it'd be crazy if they actually. I think they have a a good chance as anybody is winning the cup this year, right? Yeah. And would that be? Would be pretty crazy. We've seen it before, though. Yeah, we have. Not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. On the on the Seattle thing. So uh, we talked about Paul Maurice a couple episodes ago. Because Elliot Friedman talked about a connection he could have with Seattle that he might be. And then he came on and said, uh, you have to drag me away from this team. Well, I'm starting to read in Winnipeg that his seat's getting a little hot. Mm. And so he's in his last year of his contract. They haven't extended him yet. So that they could be dragging him away, <laughs> which is what he said. So that's another name to keep out there as a, as a potential Seattle head coach. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, my two cents on it, I feel like I've been saying, right, NHL Seattle would only hire a coach this year if the exact right candidate came available well i mean who is a better candidate than the guy who literally just did the expansion and led that expansion team to the stanley cup finals right so it makes an awful lot of sense to hire gerard gallant i think it comes down to a is nhl seattle willing to pull the trigger now uh and if they are is gerard gallant willing to just sit out from coaching for a year and a half is that the job he wants yeah i don't know i mean it it, you're right like i don't know if that's something that he would want to do but man it does feel like at least on paper that's a pretty ideal candidate to take the first job Mm -hmm. so uh we'll see what happens uh speaking of the 
Ooh, former <laughs> line mate of Gerard Gallant, who you just mentioned as the GM in Detroit, which is Steve Iserman. He's now tied <laughs> with what a segue. Alex Ovechkin for ninth <laughs> that on goals amazing. all time. This might be our, the best segue you've ever done. Thank you very that, much. That was, that's up there. <laughs> Did you know where you were going the whole time? Kind of. Did you see how the wheels <laughs> yeah, were like, I saw, turning I and I was trying to make sure that I could connect I didn't all know the dots. where he was going, and it's, yeah. I even have the show notes here. Or I was trying to tie the dots together, as you would yeah, say. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Don't bring that up again. <laughs> so, so Ovechkin scores two hat tricks in a row. He passes Mario Lemieux on the all-time goals list, which is nothing to sneeze at. Ties Steve Iserman on the all-time list. And he did so during Andy's game on the radar uh, from last week, which was Capitals against Islanders. This game was ridiculous because the Islanders are up 4-1. to one. Ovechkin, I think he's had two of his three goals in the third period, and yep. they ended up winning 6-4. Uh, six to, six to yeah, he yeah. had an empty net goal. But he also scored a goal where he was <laughs> – like this guy scores in so many ways, and I always kind of rag on him because it's like, hey, it's so obvious what he's going to do on the power play. But then you see him pull off things like he did in this game where he, he puts the puck through the defender's legs as he's getting tripped he's you know falling to the ice and he throws it to the middle and gets kind of lucky because it banks in off of the the other defender's skate but it's like (laughs) his skill is just so elite you know and there's nobody else like him that scores goals like this friend of the pod pnw bra michael who uh (laughs) he's a a a longtime listener and somebody that we communicate a lot with on twitter he mentioned and argued that uh ovechkin is the best goal scorer of all time because of the fact that you know he's playing against goalies who are so much better than the guys that mario lemieux played against and the guys that uh wayne gretzky played against and there's a case to be made there like i don't i don't know that he's going to catch Gretzky like that's still even though people are starting to say that it's a a very real possibility it still feels far-fetched to me but I mean it's actually a possibility and he's doing it in an era that's so different from the era that those guys played in in terms of closer yeah yeah how easy it is to score goals during the quote-unquote dead puck era for a while and then we're seeing a little bit more scoring now but you're right he's or PNW bra (laughs) good point point. yeah very good point yeah but uh it's I mean it's fascinating And, and if he does end up giving Gretzky a run like you have to imagine that he's going to keep playing until he just like falls down and can't do it well, anymore. But didn't you know? he say that if he broke that record, he'd retire right away? Well, that's going to be what, five, six years yeah. from now. Like, but he I, has love the to idea score... of, I love the idea of right away. Like he, he breaks the record like in the second period. And this is like, that's it. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> just takes his helmet and gloves off. Mid game. <laughs> we wave to the crowd and skates off. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Anyway, Alex Ovechkin, good at hockey. <laughs> Speaking of Russians, Oh, the oh, KHL good... All-Star Game yeah. also happened this past week. That was wasn't decent. bad. It was, it was not as was good decent. as my last one. What? You're right. That was decent. wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah. Well, they've had others since last year, before last year. He's talking about, about my segue, segue, not about oh, the All-Star oh, okay. Game. Okay. But I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> the KHL All-Star Game, it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't watch the actual game itself, but the clips were equally bizarre to last year. I remember last year that one of the players was like, we played the clip of the guy singing yeah, the song. Luminaires. Sitting there yeah. in his full, yeah. full gear playing a song on a guitar. Uh, they had, on a breakaway like competition, they had the, the skater and the goalie played rock, paper, scissors to decide whether or not he should score, and the player won, so then the goalie just like Skate got out of the way. Out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a TSN camera to like make fun of the, World, the, Junior, yeah, yeah. the World Juniors fiasco that happened where the puck hit the camera. Um, and cost kind of cost Russia the gold. Like when the coach was drawing up a play, he just bit a piece of yeah, his chewing on it. Whiteboard, whiteboard. Yeah, it was off. really bizarre. 
very strange. He wasn't even holding it, actually, where the assistant was, and he just kind of took a bite. The other assistant, if you look at the clip, just kind of stares at him like, what are you doing? And that wasn't <laughs> the weirdest thing that happened. During the actual All-Star game, the puck, like, kind of squirted over to the ref, and the ref kicked it back to the player, and the, <laughs> the goalie had, like, gone out into the corner, so the ref got, like, an obvious assist, <laughs> So, which I thought was just classic Russian officiating. Um, oh, oh, was that bad? Oh, oh, hey, was that bad? Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Linus Omark uh, in the third place game, because apparently it's like a little tournament thing. He dressed up in uh, goalie equipment and played the entire game as the goalie. Made some nice saves, in fact. Why is that so much more fun to watch, right? Like, <laughs> then, then Well, we didn't watch the whole game, though, either, you're right. right? Did you? I watched, I mean, I was paying attention to all the clips, but yeah. like, I don't know where to watch it. Right. But, uh, but all these guys dressing up in funky clothes. One guy was bringing food out to the goalie. I don't know if you saw that, but... Mm-hmm. Like clearly the players are having a good time and have it like making the most of it. I don't know. Perhaps if the NHL also game were that fun, more guys would well, go and not but bag it's, out. It's the players that are making it yeah. fun. That's my point. Speaking of guys who aren't going, Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Uh, remember when he dressed up in like a cowboy hat and sunglasses and he carried American flags and skated in on his breakaway attempts and everyone was like, What is this lunatic doing? <laughs> like it's that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't think it was that bad. Right? Do you think yeah. it's some of the old time, the old school like stodgy, like we can't we have to be well, serious I, all the I time. Think, I think they mentality. are making it a little bit more fun. Because yeah. didn't Brent Burns PK's done some things in the past. Yeah, Ryan Kessler had his little kid take his breakaway attempt once. Yeah, I mean I think there's an attempt, but I, I also think uh the, the Russian t- the Russian league seemed a little more loose. Like they just seem to have goof off and have fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just i I think it's more entertaining. It's more fun and bring and out enjoyable. the personalities of the players. Right, and I don't think that's it is. The NHL is reluctant school. to do that. For, yeah. It doesn't know how to do yeah. it for whatever the whichever one it is. We're going to talk about a topic that I really uh, I don't like to talk about this particular topic. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> Just in general, I don't like talking about them. Uh, Patrick Kane had a thousand career points, or he's reached a thousand career points, so he's passed Jeremy Roenick, which makes him another Blackhawk. Yeah, and uh, so now he's the youngest U.S. player to reach a thousand career regular season points. Um, this is upsetting for me. This is a difficult day. Can we explain uh, why we're why all of yeah. a sudden we're talking about a team that's not in the playoffs? <laughs> so I got some feedback. Okay, somebody saw me at the rink and uh-huh. said, "Quit talking crap about her Blackhawks." Uh huh. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've said anything bad about Blackhawks. I mean, I feel like I hear it from all the fans, all f- fan bases. But I'm like, I don't think I said anything specific. And I realized it's you. Yeah, it's me. It's I you. talk a lot of trash about the Blackhawks. So I want to talk about the Blackhawks. Okay. Um, I think Stan you know, Mikita was good. He was good. Mm-hmm. In yeah. real legendary player. Uh, in <laughs> Chris Kane, Chelios. So Kane's oh, yeah, uh, like him. Dennis when, Savard. Remember him spinning around in circles. John's kidding. Are you done? Bad. We're talking about the Blackhawks. <laughs> So uh, Kane has two 10-game point streaks. Okay. So that's pretty good. This year? He's having a good year. Would you Would you consider Kane the best American hockey player? Like currently or all time? Of all time. Whoa. Uh, I want to say no, but I can't think of somebody who would be better. I mean, in terms of like just pure skill, yeah, he's pretty stinking good. I'll, get, I'll give you that. some names. I'll give you some names. Brett Hall. He's better than Brett Hall. And Brett Hall has the most goals scored by an American player. Yeah. Mike Madonna. Mm. Well, Madonna, I think, is like a, a really great all-around player, right? Like a two-way player with a lot of offensive skill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I think Kane, in terms of skill, again, he's way better. Like. Yeah, and he's, so and he's got one of the most faster, uh, yeah, most highest points per game. Mm-hmm. Madonna did play a lot in the '90s, though, in the the 
low-scoring era of NHL. The others are Ronick, Kachuk, Joe Mullen, Brian Leach, Pat LaFontaine. But after that... Brian Leach players. was a defenseman, though. Yeah, He's yeah a, I know. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So Mike Richter. No. See, not see, see not me, high on the scoring see list. See me sticking it up for the goalies. Yeah, there? no, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a case could be a made. Cups. A case could be made, just like how a case could be made for Alex Ovechkin as the best goal scorer of all time. But you know, same t- <clears throat> conversation though, right? Like if Kane is super skilled offensively, right? But he's not much of a two way player necessarily. I guess he probably does what he's supposed to do in the defensive zone. But does that make him the best? all-around American player versus, like, if you look at Ovechkin against Crosby, right? Like, do you think Ovechkin is a better player than Crosby? I would say most people on the planet would say no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? But offensively, I think there's – you're not even – it's not even close. Like, obviously, Ovechkin's a a better goal scorer than Crosby. Yeah. So if if Kane is, and I think we're kind of leaning that he might be, with with the growth of U.S. hockey over the last 15, 20 years – Particularly Illinois. Will he end up being – Yeah. The best. I mean, well, well, someone like Austin Matthews, or even somebody coming up still. I mean, we don't know who's still in the. Either way, I again, I I need to admit it. It's going to be Quinn Hughes, clearly. But you have to think that perhaps Patrick Kane and the way that he plays uh, does have some influence on young American players, right? That were trying to play like him. And um, I hear a lot of people talking about how how good he was, right? How good he is puck handling and shooting and uh and illinois by the way has and and kane didn't have the only thing to do with it but the blackhawks doing well illinois growth in youth hockey has been insane probably the most in any state Mm -hmm. and the most at a pure volume wise and you're starting to see some players come out of illinois there's a couple in the top top 15 drafted this year so uh anyway i think it's four four or five years before we kind of can say one way or the other but he's Definitely trending in the right direction. His resume definitely does. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's got yeah. the cups. He's got all the, all the scoring numbers. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one more thing that you wanted to talk about on the Blackhawks. Dominic Kubelik had a pretty absurd goal. Yeah. Uh, where Jonathan Taves threw the puck across the like the front of the net. Behind two leaves. To, behind two leaves. <laughs> and Not leaves. Leaves. it was at like nipple level, and <laughs> Kubelik. <laughs> batted it out of the air. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Terrible pass by Jonathan Taves. <laughs> first of all, it was a backhanded sauce about but two feet high. Level. Yeah, just to get it centered. And uh, wow. Uh, but Kublik is a rookie. He's I think he's twenty four or twenty five. Uh, so he's an older rookie. Uh, but he uh, leads the league in goals scored by a rookie. So hmm. he might might sneak into that Calder talk. Yeah, I mean, in a way, he should. And he's and I looked at his time on ice he's only averaging at the time 13 minutes per game that's not a lot Mm -hmm. to score a lot of goals but i think he's probably getting some more time right now because he's scoring he and he's he's caught fire since december 1st he's got the second most goals since december 1st all right i can't talk about the blackhawks anymore let's move on (laughs) to our interview with julie stewart binks Now, welcome on to Sound of Hockey, a very special guest. Uh, she has covered NHL, Major League Baseball, and uh, also Major League Soccer, and uh, she's now host of not one, but two of her own shows on the Fubo Sports Network, Call Tonight with Julie Stewart-Binks and Drinks with Binks. Welcome to the show, Julie Stewart-Binks. Thanks for doing this. 
Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I love Seattle. I love hockey. I love baseball. And so I think we're going to get along great today. <laughs> All right. You're okay in our book, at least so far. Um, let's <laughs> let's start with uh, kind of your, your origins and getting into, because I know you've covered a couple different teams in hockey. First of all, what's your... What's your first hockey love? Who Who is your team? Uh, yeah, I'm a Toronto native, so I am a Toronto Maple Leafs sufferer for my entire life, which has been real, real awful. But we've, you know, we're we're getting there someday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my first, like my first memories were sort of of the the Ty Domi, um, Gary Roberts, Matt Sundin era. Really, I mean, some other ones before that, of course, Doug Gilmore and whatnot. But I was a bit younger then, so uh, I grew up with those guys, and that. Like, I just fell in love with it so much, and it really sort of helped me figure out, like, you know, I want to be around the game, I want to play it, and I want to cover it. So um, I I sort of, like, I'm nostalgic for those days. Okay. Um, We need your help with something. We've been trying to come up with a name for a segment whenever we have to talk about the Leafs, (laughs) which we try to avoid because we know they get plenty of coverage. But when we have to talk about them on our podcast, uh, what we've thought about so far is leaflets, leaf piles, Mm. uh, loose leafs. Um, am I, missing I like any? I like loose leaf. Okay, <laughs> I like loose leaf. All right, maybe something to do with like a rake. Yeah. I don't know. Raking the leaves. I think we've like. yeah, I think we've mentioned that one too. Anyway, still workshopping <laughs> one day. Blow, like a leaf blower, some kind of. <laughs> oh, I like that. Leaf blows. No, that's, I don't know. We'll keep working on it. Um, before we started recording here, we talked about the fact that you covered the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Now, from the outside looking in, and I believe, was Randy Carlisle the coach at the time? Uh, first, we had um, Bruce Boudreau, and then Randy oh, was there for a season when I was there. I am, uh, well, I was going to ask you about Randy Carlisle, but I'm a big oh, yeah. Bruce Boudreau guy myself. So, anyway, Randy Carlisle, is he as crotchety an old man as he appears to be from the outside? <laughs> like, what you see with Randy is what you get, really. So, uh, he's not acting any differently around us or, uh, you know, around the players, I'd say. It was uh, an interesting year with him, and, I mean... He was just, he was very difficult to work with. And I think that, uh, I mean, that's not like uncovering anything ridiculous. Like he was outwardly, uh, I don't know, um, difficult on air, especially even with me. Like I, I worked for Fox Sports West then. I'd ask him questions after the game, and uh, which he did not want to answer. And even just asking a simple update on a Cam Fowler leaving the third period would really irk him. So we had a little back and forth sometimes on air. I didn't really care because that's just like part of my job. I think you were asking like an, a Randy Carlisle memory, and I think my favorite one was I interviewed him after a game um, against the Islanders. I believe they lost. And I was talking to him and then, or they, either it was like, either they won, but not in a good fashion or they lost and I was talking with him and then, uh, just one-on-one on camera. And then I just heard him like storm down the hallway and he's like, why is the girl always here? And I was like, why? <laughs> like, like I've been like, I'm, I'm a reporter here. I was, I like ran after him and I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not the girl. My name is Julie. <laughs> like I was like, what? I was like, this is like, this is kind of like 20. 18 or 27 feet. I'm like, you can't just call me the girl. Like that's that's just like not whatever. But like, you know, you run into kind of just coaches, coaches literally don't care about anything, but like the team. So they, he probably had no idea what my name was anyway. Um, so, but that was in juxtaposition to, we had really great moments with Bruce Boudreaux 
and I'm not just pandering to you. No, I've as heard that. Minnesota fan. I, I've heard that about him as well. That he we well, you know, Alex Mandricki, who she's the analytics person here in Seattle. We had her on the show a while ago, and um, she worked in Minnesota with Bruce, and just said that he was just a, a perfect gentleman all the time. Which I, I mean, you can see that when you listen to his press conferences, and um, I mean, he's a total goofball in the character but um i mean he seems like just a generally good guy yeah just just like a he's kind of like your uncle or something like he's just like a nice guy that you want to be around and he was always very kind to me he'd always be asking me about my career and his um his niece is actually rachel bonetta who you may have heard of who works at fox sports and so he would always be like oh you work with my niece rachel blah blah i'm like oh that's so odd like she's a friend of mine and she's related to Bruce Boudreaux and so he was always great and then when he ended up getting fired but I will say like on a coach's side when they did have a game seven against Chicago and I think it was there were so many game sevens he just couldn't win (laughs) you like knew when we talked to him like because he the Ducks have a really great system where you know they let us broadcasters who are broadcasting the game sort of get the insight of like you know who's going to be scratched what's going on you know Sean Horkoff suspended 20 games for a drug issue but they would tell us but it was like you don't you don't tell anyone else right like until it comes out so he was like you know talking to us about the game and and you could just sense he was so nervous like and because he'd never won a game seven before that just that permeates all the players in the room and it was like you knew they were going to lose. Like that morning, you're like, there's no way they're going to win this game. So his nerves um, and his demeanor sometimes, I think, rubbed off on the players at least then. Uh, but, yeah, he was he was fantastic. And so that's why when we got Randy round two, I heard he was exactly the same as round one. It was not a great, not a great scene. Okay. And uh, somewhat related, what were your thoughts on watching Corey Perry take the, the long walk of shame at the Winter Classic? <laughs> I mean – it's really hilarious like it's 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 something that you just can't even plan it's so perfect yeah um it it's wild like how embarrassing for the guy to do that and then everyone's coming up with memes with music and it's just it, it was perfect and i mean you know what like Corey perry like he just does this stuff all the time and we're not none of us who watch him are surprised seeing him make these dirty plays have these dirty hits like just kind of being a bit of a rat on the ice like that's who he is like and you can't i mean you can defend him maybe sometimes but like he leans into it and that's his dna so that's why i, I don't know i don't I would never defend Corey. I think, again, off the ice, we were so lucky to get to know these guys as people. And, like, him and Ryan Getzlaff would always ask us, like, oh, you know, you know, how's your life going? Or, like, my, my co-host or my host, Kent French, he had baby, and they're, like, asking all these questions about that. And they were so – they are just, like, curious about us and, like, cared about us, which I found probably because of the market we were in. There wasn't a lot of media around, like, comparatively to Toronto and Montreal and New York. Like, there was – no one cared about the Ducks, like, ever. So they, they like liked us in a way, uh, other than Randy didn't like us, but everyone else was like very nice. <laughs> and so you were like, Oh, this guy's actually like, not a bad dude. He's just, he's like just a jerk on the ice. So that's, I mean, that's, that's the role he's played. So that's who he is. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we see that too with uh, the WHL is here with Seattle Thunderbirds and Everett Silvertips and, you know, whenever we get out to any kind of event, just to just to give some coverage, everybody's so appreciative and so excited to talk. And um, so I kind of get that on a, on a different scale. But you did cover the MLS a little bit. Did you ever get out to a Sounders game here? And what were your thoughts on the, the experience here in Seattle? Yes, I've covered many Sounders games there. I really enjoyed 
going to Seattle. I'd never been to Seattle until I started covering MLS. And first of all, you know, being at CenturyLink, just uh, it's 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 insane being on the sideline for a game like that. And it's just it's it's sort of like gives you shivers during the anthem and the walkouts. And I just you know seeing the passion of the fans, especially when I just started covering the league, I was like, wow, this is, this is like super cool. And everyone is trying to be like Seattle. You know, it was even though it's always like the Seattle. I always I did a ton of Cascadia Cup games. I did a ton of Seattle Portland games, like doing Seattle Portland in Seattle. Seattle, Portland, and Portland, and just seeing that rivalry, and then kind of trying to showcase, like, okay, what's that like in hockey? Like, you know, is that Montreal, Boston? Is that Toronto, Montreal? Like, who is this kind of thing? And I, I love doing games in Seattle. I did actually, I did two of Seattle's MLS Cup finals um, when they won it the first time, and then when they lost it the second time, both in Toronto. And then I was like, I need to be there this year. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, this is the the weirdest final matchup like ever and somehow it happens like every three out of the last four years so uh, I really enjoyed covering the team even when I you know I Siggy Schmid was really great to work with you know it's obviously very sad loss to not have him in soccer and not have him around anymore he's such a brilliant soccer mind and I value those conversations with him because you know, you guys, I, I'm a Canadian. I grew up playing hockey. I grew up sort of like really into that game. And I did my master's in England and did soccer, like uh, worked at Sky Sports doing soccer and stuff there. But like, I didn't play soccer growing up. And, you know, getting these people that like still gave you the time of day and respected you. And even though you weren't a former U.S. women's soccer team member, Canadian soccer team member, like they still were like really cool and respectful. And that's like my biggest takeaway from MLS was just like, I've seen a lot of jerk athletes in different sports, but like MLS was so, and maybe that's because I don't get as much coverage and I don't have as big an ego, but like they were so respectful. So Seattle's great. I love Brian Schmetzer. He's like my favorite guy in the world to cover because he's like such an odd coach for a team. Um, I guess he's like a math teacher, but then also <laughs> winning championships. So you're like, I guess it's working. Like give the guys some money. Um, and yeah, they've been, they've been great. So I've, I've always really, and even as a Toronto native and being in the final, I like wanted them to win. Like that sounds like blasphemous because it's like against my own team, but I'm like, they are very likable team. Like I, I really, really like the Sounders. So I can't say enough good things about them. Well, clearly the city's gotten behind them and, and, you know, as, so I've, I've been doing the grassroots for like nine years now and, and I've always, uh, like looked at kind of how the Seahawks and Sounders are supported and imagined, you know, and dreamed about it actually, how that will translate in, into the new arena. So I, I think it's Seattle's got a, just a different style of fan base and I'm hoping that kind of translates to hockey and you saw it with the season ticket drive. I'm not sure how much you were paying attention to it, but yeah. you know, it's just insane I, I never imagined that that there'd be thirty two thousand people uh, putting deposits down for season tickets, and now it's like, oh crap, we have a different problem. We got to how do we grow the sport if you know everybody's shut out? So anyway, I'm I'm really hoping it translates, and I think it will. And and I don't know if you've seen kind of the arena plans, but it's only going to be seventeen thousand, so it's going to be this rabid kind of Winnipeg style, probably of yeah of hockey hockey town. Yeah, I like that very much so. And I think that that's, you know, exactly, you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, you guys have a very different, a unique atmosphere for fan base. Even, you know, you look at the Seahawks, as you mentioned, like Seahawks and Sounders. And I'm not, I don't know so much about Mariners fans, but, you know, I'm sure they're also <laughs> we don't either. crazy too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're there um, when the team wins. Yeah. Seattle is a unique place to live too. And it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful city. And so, 
but it's fun. And I, and I love like how you guys are just this obsessive. I think people sort of like don't think about Seattle as like a big city, like a big sports city. And it's like, you're kind of like, no, like we're not only a big sports city, but we're like a unique one that has like uh, a personality and a heartbeat. We're not just like every other place. So I am excited yeah. for it. I mean, I, I think it's like a no brainer to have obviously hockey there and you guys have done so much to be able to get stuff going there. And I, it, it's remarkable, but having, I lived in Winnipeg when the Jets came back and that was super cool to just see like those people were just so upset for so many years. It was like, they were, they'd lost, they missed their long lost, husband at sea and they were just like hopefully someday they'll come back and then they come back and it's just like insane and i you know um, you guys have probably maybe been to mts center where it's just wild in there and that's the best like when i covered the kings in la while i you know i like i loved la but that's that arena is very different because it's, it's much more like it's laid back like the seats feel sort of back off of the ice it's also mm. very hollywood so <laughs> while i do think it has a very good fan base it was like it, it just didn't feel like the you want the crowd on top of you like in the yeah. bell center i'm just naming arenas now at this point <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, at the bell center like it's you know it's it's the fans are crazy in montreal and they're like right on top of you and it just feels like a fight's gonna break out at any moment and that might be a little too far down the spectrum, but I think Seattle's like a layup for a great city. And then Vegas, obviously, like having just having seen them do what they've done, it's like, oh, great. OK, yeah, this can happen in other cities. So the time is ripe for good expansion cities right yeah, now. Yeah. And you mentioned the the Cascadia rivalries in, in the MLS, and we're kind of hoping that that translates here with the Canucks. Do, 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 you, do you see that mm. having the same kind of passion here between Seattle and Vancouver? Yeah, definitely. And then also you have that sort of built in, I guess, Cascadia as well. And the team colors are going to be oddly similar too, right? Maybe a little, but that's like a Pacific Northwest type of thing. Of wow, we don't know that. We that. don't know. We, yeah, don't, we don't know. Don't get into that conversation because <laughs> I promise you it's just not worth it. Oh, well, listen. <laughs> If I've learned anything, like people always hate logos. It's just like you'll never win with the logo unless it like spews gumdrops or something. Like no one's gonna like it. And Reach. when I was with yeah, when I was in Winnipeg again for Jets two point I kid you not, I went to a party, like an old people's party. It wasn't anything cool. And I met this woman and she's like, Yeah, I'm designing she didn't know I was a reporter. She's like, I'm designing or helping with the logo of the Jets and I was like, Holy sh Oh, excuse me. Sorry. That's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll bleep it. It's swear. okay. Okay. I was like, holy, <laughs> holy Toledo. Uh, wow. Like you're designing the logo. And she's like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think people are really going to like it. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like trying to remember everything she's saying. And then uh, like trying to get, she, you know, the logo ended up getting leaked or whatnot. But yeah, I called her and she's like, sorry, I didn't realize you were a reporter. I definitely <laughs> can't help you out now. Um, but we were like, no one's going to like it. No one likes anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally no one likes yeah. anything. So yeah. whatever logo and jersey you guys have, everyone's going to hate it. Mm -hmm. So, But then they'll like it. Yeah. Vegas, like, people hated the Vegas one too, right? I don't know if you remember that. People yeah. freaked oh, out yeah, about yeah. Vegas. And now it's like, ah, no no big deal. It's cool. So <laughs> Yeah, then people have other stuff they need to worry about. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. Yeah. I feel like I remember the Jets apologizing for theirs after. They're like, well, we didn't have much time. Mm -hmm. It'll get 20 years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do want to get back to your career. Um, uh, so you had a little brief stint at Barstool, but then you, you moved on. I think it was this fall you you kind of segue into or you, you moved on to Fubo Sports Network. And you have those two shows, um, Call It A Night and Drinks With Binks. Can you 
explain the format to our listeners for those for those shows? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so this sort of opportunity came randomly to me like last March, and I was working with CBS Sports HQ doing updates or not updates, like anchoring the shows, doing highlights, kind of like traditional format uh, sports anchor stuff, and which was great. I really liked them. I liked working there. And then Fubo came along, and they're like, "Hey, we want to give you your own show." And I had been doing stand-up comedy last year and like improv and I was off work for quite a few months, fun employed. And I just had thought like, well, let's try this. Like it's obviously terrifying, but I learned a lot and I thought maybe I'll, it'll help me write better. or Just look at things differently. I don't want to be a stand-up comedian like at all, but I like the idea of just diving in and out, which is actually impossible. Like you have to commit to it. But so I was doing it, liked it. And then people was like, you want to give you your own, sports show but we want it to be like funny and comedic and I was like this is exactly what I want I had been sort of thinking I want like a late night show I'm like I want to be Kimmel Fallon all this which was different because I didn't I grew up wanting to be Bob McKenzie which then that changed I'm just like I go wherever the wind goes I'm like I'll change my career plans today he drinks a lot of margaritas and and gets to travel to nice places it seems yeah I mean that's right up my alley so maybe I will be Bob McKenzie but uh, they were like yeah this is the the format of so two shows one's named Call It A Night and you know, we kind of wanted to incorporate the idea of that late night vibe, which is we wanted some, you know, the night aspect of sort of even just the name, just it's the end of the day, even though it's on at 7 p.m. So that could be night for any people with really bad jobs, but it's, <laughs> it's great. It's like a half hour show. We do headline jokes and it's all sports headlines, kind of like Katie Nolan, very much so. She gave me a lot of inspiration to sort of trek down this, this path. We do headline jokes and then we have a guest with us like from the start of the show and they'll chime in on the jokes. They'll, you know, we're self-aware. Some of the jokes don't land and we can make fun of them. But sometimes we have a conversation like we did. We had, you know, we're talking about Jose Altuve with the uh, buzzer on the Jersey kind of thing. And then we can have a talk about cheating. Like we kind of go back and forth and then do an interview with the guest. And they're usually someone like a former athlete, a media person, entertainer, actor, and then we do something fun with them, a la uh, Jimmy Fallon does on his show. So, you know, some of our ones that what I like, we had James Wisniewski on that show and we did we did a game called Chirp in the Blanks. I so love kind it. of like Matt. I love that. Yeah, Mad so good. Chirp. Right. <laughs> so we and we're, we're just trying we're just trying these out. Like, that's the thing with the startup. You're like, let's try this thing and see if it works. And if it doesn't, we won't promote it or put it out. But we liked it. We still have tinkered with it a bit. So we have exactly what you'd think, like a Mad Lib, but it's a chirp at someone. And you don't even, you might not even know who it's about, but it's, and James was amazing because he wanted to do a shot of whiskey after every chirp, which was well, That was wild his idea? It, yeah, oh, that was his idea. <laughs> I know. And then he was like washing it down with scotch. I was like, all right. Oh, like this isn't even the drinking show that I have. So <laughs> we have a lot of former athletes come on. I mean, James is one, Nick Mangold from the Jets and Carson Palmer even that are like, oh, I'm not on the drinking show. Can I still have a drink? And you're like, sure. Like, I, yeah, I guess we can have beers if you want. You know, we can do whatever we want. And so that's been fun. And then the other show, Drinks with Binks. And so, so whatever, call it a night is Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 p.m. on Fubo Sports Network, which it's free. It is literally a website. You type it in. If you type it in right now, my show's probably on because there's not many other shows on the network right now. And But it's also on Fubo TV, which is a streaming service. But I try to tell people, like, you don't have to pay 
for a streaming service to watch a show. And then we have Drinks With Things, which my boss came up with, which was uh, it's an hour long sit down over drinks. Just a conversation. Not very, you know, it's, it's loose. It's just a, con- you know, we just talk about whatever. And so on that show, I've had hockey players. I've had former hockey player uh, Sean Avery. I've had Ron Duguay, Mike Johnson, and Jackie Redmond from the NHL Network. And Lauren Gardner, who does some stuff, too, for NHL Network and was with the Avs. They've been great. Sean gave his opinions on wanting to be Don Cherry and gave him a platform uh-huh. to figure out, like, you want to be on Coach's Corner? Why? And Sean is, definitely has a gene to be a psychopath, so <laughs> you never know what that could lead to. And, you don't say. Uh, yeah, he's, he's interesting. And then Ron Duguay, of course, is just like so fascinating because of his Studio 54 days of, of having like Cher stalk him or going to parties at Liza Minnelli's house and just like insane sort of celebrity stories of being, you know, the king in New York City. So what I like about that show is we have a drink. It's whatever they want. It can be alcoholic. It can be non-alcoholic. Dan Patrick wanted water. Adnan Verk also does some hockey too. Canadian wanted, you know, juice. He, he doesn't drink. So we let everyone have pick what they want. But Michael Smith, formerly from ESPN, had six Tennessee's and lemonade. So that's a different path too. And then, you know, you open up, you get a couple drinks in you. You never know what kind of quotes you get. So that's also been an interesting uh, aspect of that as well. So I like both of them. And and to be honest, guys, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you get to create something that's your own, has your name and face on it, you, you get to have a little bit more fun with it. It's a startup. It's not ESPN. It's not Fox. I don't have people really telling me what to do, which is good and bad. And so we get to we get to have a lot of fun. See, I feel weird about the facts now that I've only had four Hennessy and lemonades today, but it's also only eight thirty in the morning <laughs> here. So, <laughs> well, we've we've taped it sometimes at like nine a.m. And Grant Wall from Sports Illustrated wanted mezcal and Negroni. I'm like, no, because <laughs> I drink whatever they drink. I'm like, no. <laughs> very so, cool. So anyway, our yeah, our listeners definitely need to check it out. That very very fun shows. So. Um, hey, so I know you've covered some, obviously, some really big sporting events over the years. You've had the, you mentioned the Stanley Cup final, uh, you mentioned the MLS Cup, uh, and I think you did some work on the Winter Olympics. Are there, like, what's the mm-hmm. event that every sports fan needs to put on their bucket list before, well, I guess, I was going to say before they die, but that's kind of the point Point of the bucket bucket list list. yeah that is the the bucket list yeah i guess (laughs) Um, honestly and this is like probably a personal standpoint for me but the olympics is like is a must go no matter what like it's it's one of those i like i cried at it i was just like it was the gravity of like being somewhere in the world where like everyone's watching and everyone's i mean for the most part invested you're just like this is this is incredible like this is this sort of like goes beyond just like the game it's it's cultures it's world events it's like it's really neat and so when i got the chance to do the sochi olympics it was while sochi is such a weird place to be in and russia is you know i'd never recommend going to russia i mean maybe <laughs> moscow and st Petersburg are heard are nice but not sochi <laughs> is that like it, it it was i went to the gold medal game i saw canada beat sweden which was good it wasn't as good as my memories from which you guys probably don't like of I the 2010 vancouver olympics oh. <laughs> it's literally my favorite game <laughs> I've ever seen in the uh, history of the world. Don't remember. I that digress one. though. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Olympics and because there's so much surrounding the Olympics too, like you could end up getting tickets to like curling or this or that and, and just the, the neat experience. And then, I mean, everyone wants to go to a Stanley cup final, but like you never really know 
it's got to be, you know, it's got to be a game seven, right? Um, yeah. Because it's, I don't know, I, I really loved um, covering the 2014 Stanley Cup because of the amount of overtime was insane. If you're a Rangers fan, I'm really sorry about that. That's a tough one. Because, like, when you look in the history books, you'll see, oh, the Kings won in five games. But it was so much tighter than that. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that was fantastic. I think going to, like, uh, European soccer matches, you mentioned the Sounders, but, like, going to a European soccer match is just, like, really neat, too, because it's kind of, like, very barbaric and, like, obsessive and crazy. Uh, covering the uh, Copa Americana, like, in the U.S., like, people are just outside there. You know, it's a different. It's like college football. And then speaking of college football, I did sideline for that for ESPN for a couple games, going to LSU, going to uh, the big house. Like, that, too, big house. I saw that was, like, one of the best moments in hockey history. I went to that uh, winter classic there, Leafs-Red Wings, which was amazing for Leafs. And that's the, big, that's the biggest game of Leafs, the Leafs have ever won in my lifetime, <laughs> which is, like, not really saying anything. The regular season game. But it was it was really fantastic. So, I mean, I don't know. There's there's just too many to name. I've been to a Super Bowl. That, honestly, that kind of sucked. Like, I was at the Super Bowl. And I'm not just trying to, like, say how awesome my life is that I've been to all these things. But, like, I went to the Super Bowl. And uh, it was the Patriots Seahawks in Phoenix and that last play. Don't you know, remember they, that one either. They don't, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yeah. I really, I really didn't remember my audience here. <laughs> yeah. um, that last, that last play. And I'm with a, Se- a Seahawks fan in the audience and we were so far up. We we're like, we didn't even know what was going on. Mm. We're like, I don't think the good thing happened for Seattle right now. Like you can barely see. So I'm like, I don't recommend a Super Bowl in person at uh, parties. Yes. The game. Okay. No. Whatever. That's pretty that's much good. it. That's, that's pretty good. Much it. Yeah. So you go from covering those sports to, to hosting a show. I imagine that there's some differences there and, and some challenges. Do you, do you do you prefer the host or do you like covering things uh, live? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, I, I loved traveling with the Ducks. You know, you got to you were right on the ground being able to ask questions that were relevant. You could create new like get news, break news stories. You're you're right at the game. You're like you you get to be right there. And that experience was fantastic. The lifestyle of doing that sucks. It's just (laughs) especially I was the only single person working there. But like people have families and they're on the road all the time. And it's, it's really difficult. And when I did MLS and NHL in the same two, I did that for two years. I was gone for like 20 days and I come back for like a day, like change my clothes and then go back out. And that was romantic for me as a young reporter. I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm getting to do all this. And then now I would have PTSD over doing that. Like I can't, I can't go to an airport without being like, Oh my God, no, 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 no. Um, but I will say your relationship changes in that. Like when you're with a team all the time or you, even for MLS with a, a national broadcaster, you see them a lot. Like your relationship is that, you know, you have to see them again and you know, you can't rub them really the wrong way because you might need them for something later on. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of temper, like, do I want to break this story now? Am I going to sit on it? Is it important? And you do have to, you have to think about the longevity, but when you host a show, like I'll just have someone come in for 10 minutes and it's like, I don't know. We don't have a prior history. Sometimes we may never, sure. I want to work with you again. I don't want you to leave my, my show, like hating me, but I'm going to ask you probably a couple more tough hitting questions. Cause I want to get 
some good information. I want to get some good quotes. So it, it's nice though, just being able to do a show and then like go home and sleep in your own bed. And that's like having yeah. done the other side, it, you know, you, you guys know you're, you travel around, it kind of sucks, but yeah. then again, you're far from the game. You know, you're not, you're not, if you're in a studio in, in Manhattan, you're not, you're not where the action is. So you have to kind of change that's why we put in a lot of comedy, right? Like we're not a news breaking place. It's like we have whoever walking into our, in, into our, uh, we have Trey Wingo coming in from ESPN. Okay. Well, let's try to do something fun with them. Let's do something different. And if people can watch 15 seconds, literally of my show on like my Instagram feed, I'm like, that's good. Like you're trying to get an audience. You don't expect people to watch the whole show. Like if you can have one good moment for a show, in my opinion, that's, that's all we're looking to do right now. Anyways, I don't think I'll travel again like that. But then, you know, this world's like, we're all going to get fired at some point and then need another <laughs> job. So that's how it works. Well, you just said, made me think of another question. So you mentioned comedy and having fun. And I think we all know how passionate sports fans can get. But sometimes they don't have the best sense of humor about their team or their favorite player. Have you oh, no. Have you ever come across any angry fans uh, who just can't take a joke? Um, yes, all the time. I <laughs> came to the point. I have one from this past weekend. I tweeted something along the lines of uh, Aaron Rodgers cares oh as much about this game as he cares about his family. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, that it. was an easy one. Yes. Because so many people, people, so many people have made that joke before. That is a la Jordan Rogers brother from the bachelor right, that he yeah. was on and talked about, you know, whatever. We all know that that joke's been, been flying around for years. I wasn't even creative. I was just like, <laughs> whatever. And to be honest, I would have like restructured it differently. I'm sure he cares about the game, but it's like, uh, he, you know, wh- whatever I could, I could have come up with like a different verb or whatever. And I was even thinking in my head and then my, my Twitter starts blowing up. I'm getting like, hate, 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 hate. And I was thinking, <laughs> okay, number one, it's not even a creative joke. Number uh-huh. two, like this website sucks to be honest. Like we all know everyone hates, like how, how can people, they're like, that's so mean. Maybe his family does. He does really like his family. I'm like, again, like, come on guys like everyone hates everyone on twitter like why is it now i'm the one that's gone too far so i muted the conversation because i just like couldn't look at it anymore. people were like oh my gosh wow and i had a couple people message me and i'm like guys like everyone's making this joke like uh-huh. whatever so i mute it um and then you can just like go on with your day and just like pretend that like you don't have all this hate coming at you but i've had times where i mean like things have gone too far if you said some things like you kind of, you, you sometimes know, cause if you get not, that's a bad example. Cause that, that joke works, but like, I've had some people come at me being like, Oh, that's mean. Or like, that's too far. And you're like, mm-hmm. come on, like comedy, honestly. And that's the thing is like, sometimes comedy goes too far. Like that's sort of, I mean, when you enter into a comedy club, you're sort of like suspending your standards in a way of like what's <laughs> right and what's wrong. And like my comedy, when I did stand up was <clears throat> I didn't do anything blue. Like I didn't go, like gross or anything like that but yeah sometimes like i'd make fun of new york sports teams or people and things and it's like that's par for the course so and that's i mean i don't envy comedians these days because it's difficult and sometimes their jokes are can be offensive but like it's so difficult to toe that line of like what's too far and like what's offensive but like i want to make this joke because it's a layup but now i'm gonna be like put in a box forever so Sports needs comedy, though. Like, sure. It does. There's a lot yeah. of weird stuff that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about the women hockey players being represented at the NHL All-Star Game? You know, obviously they, they're, they've been represented in the last couple of years, but a much bigger presence with the three-on-three game this year. So what are your thoughts on that as a 
female hockey player. Yeah, I mean, I obviously think that this is fantastic. And it's so great to see, even just on the heels of last year, Kendall Klein, when she was fantastic in the skills competition, to then be like, let's put women on this platform to be able to show everyone that while there's no checking in the game, like these athletes are really on the same level playing field. Physicality is different, of course, between men and women. But they're so fantastic. Like, they're so incredible athletes and I was actually fortunate when I grew up playing hockey to play with a number of Team Canada's women um, no longer um, plays anymore but Jill Apps was on my high school team which was really neat to play with her and and I've, I've kind of like been in and out of circles with a number of the different women and so I think it would be great for people who don't like we it's preaching to the choir for us. Like we all know that this is great. And this is like, there should be uh, women incorporated into NHL all-star games going forward for sure. And, and that I think could then be taken to NBA all-star games. And then like, what does that mean even for developing the pro bowl? Like, can we have a women's tackle league then also be like featured Mm. because there are those that exist as well. But then this is for people that are sort of like, you know, the trolls and the naysayers against uh, women's sports that, 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 I mean, they feast on it. I think a lot of them just do it to get a rise out of people. But then just to see, uh, like, bring it into just their realm that, wow, these athletes are really incredible. We see that these these women go against each other every Olympics, and it's like some of the most amazing hockey. So. Uh, I hope that that helps, and then it will hopefully help shine more light on what league, like what professional league, is gonna, you know, take take the lead on like what's gonna happen with women because they obviously that that is like a big issue coming out of this as well. So I think it's more just education and a platform for for these women that like other to showcase to people that normally wouldn't see them. So I'm really excited about it. And I I coach all girls hockey association and. I think about the symbolism that they can see themselves on the national stage, right? Definitely. Seeing them and for girls to see women playing hockey, particularly on TV, right? There are, but they're not that many. And so to to have the national stage, yeah, it sends such a good signal to them. And then they kind of think a little bit more about what they can become in this sport and it just grows the sport too, which is uh, another yeah, like all, another aspect. Yeah, it's yeah. like agreed, and it's like you see as a kid, like you see that, like it's one instance. You're sitting with your parents and you watch this. You're like, that could change their life. Like that could change so many kids' lives going up. And and then even just just highlighting that, you know, especially as a female reporter, like all I that's so many times I'm just covering men's sports, and it's like it's it's just we need to develop that side of the game and and give the the spotlight and give marketing and sponsorship and just like give women a chance to succeed and so something like this while i've been critical of the nhl in the past for different things i think that they are very much ahead in terms of being like way more inclusive than other leagues in many different realms and especially with all the coaches conduct stuff that went on recently um hockey is for everyone and then of course this now like I think it's, it's it's fantastic. All right, we should uh, wrap up the interview here. Uh, we're going to play a quick game of buy, sell, or hold to close out the show, as we like to do with our guests. So uh, my first buy, sell, or hold question for you, Julie. The Toronto Maple Leafs, which, as we mentioned, they're your, they're your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, this core group, which is led by Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, all those guys, this group will win a Stanley Cup. Buy, sell, or hold. This group of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I... Um, sell mm, okay Ooh, wow why why is that yeah. you think it's is it, it's Nylander's I'm, fault isn't I'm, it? i'm 
it's Delander. Uh, I don't think that this. I think that this team is inherently flawed with how it's been built. I don't think that this decor is is enough to be able to take them to the Stanley Cup final. And I'm not convinced of goaltending. I'm sorry, Freddie Anderson. I covered you with the Anaheim Ducks. I've seen him meltdown in big games, <laughs> and I've never been convinced with his consistency. And I, I don't trust him. And I feel really bad saying that because sometimes you can, but I just don't think he's not the guy that's gonna. He could, he could be the guy that gets you far. He's not gonna be the guy that gets you all the way. Okay, okay. and this has been Leaf Blows with Julie Stewart. Thanks. <laughs> or I was gonna go with breaking the leaves there. <laughs> <laughs> My buy, sell, or hold, being that you're in the over-the-top direct-to-consumer re- uh, sports network space, buy, sell, or hold is Seattle NHL franchise will launch a direct-to-consumer regional sports network option. Buy, sell, or hold. Yes, I th- I, I'm going to buy that. Okay, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm because I, I think also because of like yeah where you guys are and, and just the proximity to, to so many different companies that are involved in that, I think I think they'll do something different, which will be exciting. My buy, sell, or hold. You, you, you may have touched on this a little bit earlier, but we'll go with it. Uh, uh, Julie Stewart-Binks will return to covering hockey full-time at some point in her career. Ooh. Um, yeah, I would like to... I'd like to buy that. Nice. Um, All right. Yeah, I mean, like, I love how I'm like, yep, that's going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could, I mean, I, I love it and I, I play in a men's league and I, you know, I'm, you know, and it's just in your DNA and I'm like, I got to get back to, while I like being able to incorporate my show now, the thing is guys, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but it's just not, not the number one sport in the States. And so that was hard for me when I moved here. My, my bosses at FS1 were like, stop liking that thing you like and like <laughs> college football and college basketball. I was like, what? And, you know, in Canada, it's just like you're obsessed with it. So I don't even know what I'm going to do in like a year. So we'll see. <laughs> if like, Yeah, who knows? But I love it. And uh, hopefully I'll be back covering it uh, a lot more than I am now. All right. And our final buy, seller hold, Julie Stewart Banks was actually the one person who didn't vote for Derek Jeter for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like, honestly, I'm so curious about this person. I want to do like a documentary on them. It's like the the making of the one vote that didn't go through because Get that's all we show. can focus on. I know. And everyone's like, we can't focus on the negatives. It's like, no, but this is like a very glaring difference of opinion. So who is this person where they just like, I hate this guy. Like I just, maybe he had a bad experience or, you know, he had a bad experience with Derek Jeter or it's just like, I'm going to mess with this and not let him get unanimous. Never know. Or it was like, I do not believe that. So <laughs> I'm, I, I, I can't wait. This person must be shaking in their boots right now because we're going to find them. <laughs> not going to be pretty. Uh, all right. So we'll take that as a buy. It was, in fact, you. Uh, Julie Stewart-Banks, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. thank you very, very much for doing this. And uh, you've been just awesome with your time. And uh, make sure to watch her shows, Fubo Sports Network. You can go to FuboSportsNetwork.com. You get on the streaming service and all that good stuff. Um, anything else that we're, that we're forgetting here before we let you go, Julie? No, that was great. And I really appreciate you not saying FUBU because most people say FUBU. <laughs> because surprisingly i didn't realize how strong that brand is until i started working at fubo so uh appreciate you getting it right thank you julie stewart binks for that great interview that was really cool to talk to her she is uh she's a lot of fun make sure to give her show a watch and all that good stuff and we really appreciated having her on that was great that was good yep uh okay now let's move on to our segments and i'm gonna start with 
everyone's oh, favorite boy. segment. Oh, boy. As in your which, favorite. Which, of course, uh, it gets a lot of positive feedback from our listeners. It gets when we feedback. Do it. It, feedback. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the segment that we're talking about is Goalie Gear Corner! <laughs> this week's Goalie Gear Corner is uh, related to the KHL All-Star Game, which we mentioned previously. The aforementioned. KHL All-Star game, if you will. Uh, so netminder, Ilya Sorokin. Basically what he did, he took a, just a Bauer white, all-white setup, went to the pediatric hospital there somewhere in Russia and had the kids in the hospital just draw all over his pads and his glove and blocker too. So uh, <laughs> it's just an awesome thing. And so I guess he auctioned it off. Did he wear them in the game? Yes, he did. That's pretty uh, cool. Yep, and so he's auctioning it for a, a kid who is going through mm-hmm. cancer treatment, and um, he's a, a young goalie from Kazakhstan. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I love that. I love when players do things like this. And is that, you a, know, is that a tennis racket yeah, or something? something I don't there? know if all the drawings make that much sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a tennis racket. There's a tic-tac-toe game. Oh, there's some cool. stars. Um, there's a Christmas tree that's upside down. A little random, but... Uh, nonetheless, very, very cool, and I love it. I remember uh, when Ilya Brzezgalov played for my Minnesota Wild. For a while, he had a mask that was just a drawing that his kid had done, <laughs> it was like, like in crayon. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love stuff like that. Uh, very, so very cool. That's our that's our Goalie Gear Corner for today. Thank you, Ilya Sorokin, for doing such a cool thing. I hope more goalies will do this kind of thing for some of these, especially some of these games, like, you know, exhibitions. And goalies stuff care, like that. man. That's just, that's, they just care. If there's one thing I know, it's that goalies are very caring people. Uh, now we'll move on to our next segment, weekly one-timers. Our first weekly one-timer. Sidney Crosby is back to his dastardly ways uh, after returning from injury. Dastardly. I mentioned that he would be coming back pretty soon, uh, and he did. He has three goals and five assists in four games. That's not bad. He get four points in his first game back. Yeah, I don't remember who he played in that Yeah, I know. Game, I, but I, I, it was a wild yeah, game, though. It was, it was, very, it was wild. very wild. It was wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a good one, guys. Really good one. <laughs> So, yeah, but he's had two of these just absurd goals now. So in that first game, he had one where he banked the puck off the back of the net and just made Ryan Donato look completely silly and then passed it across the front. And and then uh, he had another one the other night against Boston where the, the puck is going towards the corner, uh, and he just blindly taps it between his own legs right past Tory Krug, who then is made to look silly. And then Teddy Bluger catches it and scores, and the Bruins look very silly. So um, so he's doing it again, even though you know he, he's coming off of a pretty big injury and surgery yeah, he, and all he that seems stuff. seems to not have that, that not affected his play in any way since he's come no. back. No. Well, remember I said earlier, too, that I have a kind of a belief that he doesn't put the pedal all the way down until halfway through the season, like when he thinks he kind of needs to, like he'd, he holds on to some of it. Well, he hasn't been playing, right? So maybe he feels like he can get in and just start doing... Well, it's nice to see him. Crazy he, it seems like he is 100%. Yeah. Right? Instead of like taking the normal five to ten games to kind of get acclimated again, he doesn't need acclimation. No. And they're, they're still they're a fascinating team because I don't think they were under the radar as far as like preseason, you know, predictions and stuff. But they're they're only four points off the Capitals' pace right now, and they've, they've done it with a lot of injuries. So they're getting good goaltending. So they're going to be an interesting team. They're going to be tough out in the playoffs this year. And they're getting goaltending not from the goalie that they thought yeah, they were going Tristan to get good Jarrett, goalie yeah. ten- goaltending from. So just fascinating stuff. We've we've further, seen that game before. Further proving that goalies are just interchangeable. Mm. Just put one in. Yeah, good point. Yeah. You're, Let's you're move on to our next weekly one I'm feeling very anti goalie this weekend for some uh, Dougie Hamilton. I'm just talking over you. I'm just going to talk <laughs> over you. Dougie Hamilton, uh, very unfortunate news, breaks his leg and Oof. he is out indefinitely. Ouch. 
Yeah, big blow for the Canes mm-hmm. of Carolina. Um, he was on track to have his best best year ever. Uh, he had 40 points, and I think his previous career high was 50. So he had you know 30 30 plus more games to go to do that. So unfortunate because he was having a great year. Yeah. So we'll hopefully he's back in the playoffs, but uh, time will tell. I mean, broken leg seems pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty serious. He, I think he was leading the league also in museums visited per 60 and nut taps per 60. <laughs> Nobody so. knows what that means. Impressive. Um, <laughs> I bet somebody out there knows what that no, means. We, we, talked about the nut <laughs> we talked about the museums as well. <laughs> Our next weekly one-timer. Speaking of the Hurricanes, Justin Williams returns to play. We talked about his contract, I think, just last yep. week. Uh, game seven. Yep, so he's back. He, of course, comes out and immediately scores the shootout winner in the eighth round immediately. of that game. In the eighth round. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my point is no, I know. he I comes know. out and immediately has an impact on the game, and, and everybody just goes nuts over it. So, um, I mean, it's kind of like a storybook ending. That was against or the start. Islanders, right? It was. I have a confession. I was watching that game before the Thunderbirds game Friday mm-hmm. in the press box, and when it went to a shootout, I turned it off. Oh. Just because I was like, eh, shootout. I'll read about it later. You don't like shootouts? Well, I'm okay with it, but I just like, eh. And turned out it was pretty entertaining shootout. Turns out Andy's part of the establishment. (laughs) The media establishment. I was in the press box, so I was was doing other things. So, case in point, media establishment. He's part of the establishment. (laughs) Our next weekly one-timer. Columbus rookie goalie Elvis... Merzo Wickens has three shutouts right. in four starts since stepping in as the regular goalie. Uh, why is he even in there? What's the deal? Did uh, no the shootout injury? Remember the, uh, the one that got that's right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about we it. The did retorts. discuss it in a retort. Yep. Okay, so Corpusalo goes down with the injury that we talked about. Elvis yeah. steps in, and I guess he's doing pretty good. Yeah, well, he's uh, doing pretty well. Doing really well. Okay, uh, three. So three shutouts in four games. I'd say that's pretty good. Um, one thing is he's Latvian, which you knew before, but mm-hmm. now they have another backup goalie who st- had his first game. He won as well against the Rangers, who's also Latvian. Hmm. Do you know how many Latvian goaltenders are in the NHL? Didn't we talk two. about this before? That's it. No, <laughs> we haven't. Two. We haven't. <laughs> this feels very familiar. There's there's three skaters. In the, so there's only five Latvians in the NHL this year. And two of them are goalies, and both play for Columbus. Uh, you know, they had Bobrovsky last year, and that was the big controversy whether they should trade him or keep him. They, they kept him, let him walk, and Elvis Merge has better numbers than Bobrovsky so far this well, year. Well, but Corpusalo also, right? Yeah, yeah like, so yeah. Corpusalo is the main starter, right? But I think but he also had better numbers. Exactly. So, so like as a tandem, they're doing, they're doing way better, better than yep. Bobrovsky. And I think I saw that total for their three goalies they're paying them something like less than three million dollars combined right. Yes. Yeah. So right and versus the Bobrovsky's on a, what 10 million plus 10 over quite a long eight time. years yeah. or seven years seven years <laughs> so over. not the worst idea to let him walk for Columbus I mean well, I, I, I don't they think never would have gotten him the, yeah, I don't they think didn't have any way they didn't have a chance him. like yeah. I don't think there was much controversy but it's working out pretty yeah. Well. yeah yeah and somehow Columbus is they're in the hunt they're hanging in there they're they're alive so, so. one thing is Whenever I see somebody hot come along that's kind of off the radar, I check their uh, exception status or their Got expansion it. draft status. Uh-huh. Merzlikens is actually exempt. Uh, okay. He cannot be, he does not have to be protected because he cannot get drafted by Seattle. Gotcha. So, okay. So we're gonna have to get, we'll have to look for another Latvian goalie. All right. We'll find one. There's only yeah. another one. Archer Serbe, is he available? Probably. Okay. Let's, Goal co- goalie coach. Let's see what he's doing. <laughs> Our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. 
Stadium Series jerseys have been revealed, and they are a doozy. Uh, I don't know if I hate the Colorado ones. They're like three different colors. Uh, where they a. purple on top and blue on the bottom or vice versa, and then there's that big goofy A going through it. It doesn't bother me that much, but the LA Kings ones are, whew, man, there's something. So both of these jerseys were actually leaked in the fall. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's at least right. Allegedly leaked and it confirmed. Yeah. Uh, I like them. But I, I <laughs> which ones? To, the LA ones or the I, I don't ones? mind. I don't. I I like them being totally different. Right? They're not mm-hmm. going to use them too often because uh, I think they end up using them more than just one game. But I just like trying bizarre, outlandish things and see how they look, see how they stick. They might resonate with a different demographic than the establishment. That's fair. Andy. That's a fair point. Um, what I really, really hate about the uh, Kings uniforms, which by the way, they're black on top and white and the bottom and it almost looks like somebody took like a samurai sword through the middle <laughs> like going down at an angle it's like uh you ever play that game fruit ninja where you slice the mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's like they did that but with a jersey okay um but what i really hate about it is that they have them wearing these silver chrome Oops. helmets i can't that. those are odd Ugh. they might look good on the ice though no nope, i bet they won't with the light I'm shining off them confident they in fact i like the white gloves not. Of course you do. There's another one that I'm, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that. That wraps up this week's weekly one-timers. One last thing, by the way, on that. Why are the Kings in this event? Like, everyone knew coming in that they were not going to be a very good team this year, right? Didn't we know that? Yeah. I mean, the one thing is a TV market. Sure. Right? I don't know who else you put in there. Are the, are the stadium series set up for the best competitive game or most eyes are going to well, watch Well, I mean... We've kind of been over this. Yeah. Like anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Ooh, like it's point. not so much the competitive balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably want some kind of rivalry and some kind of TV market. Yes. I think those are all considerations when they yeah. select the teams. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'd call Colorado versus Los Angeles a big rivalry, but, but I hear you. But I will say this: though. people always complain that it's always Pittsburgh, it's always Chicago or Boston. So let's get some different teams in there. I mean, sure. LA's had their own stadium series that they hosted, right? But okay, and Colorado who do you has. All right, all right. No, but who do you put in there? <laughs> I don't know who you put in there. I would well, then, just not like, do yeah. another stadium series myself. But well, there's that. I, th- but. I think at the Air Force Academy, that's pretty badass. Yeah, I'm okay with it being LA. Mm-hmm. The sure. the Colorado one was at the Coors Field or whatever mm-hmm. at the baseball stadium, and yeah. I already said that baseball stadiums don't play that cosmetically yeah. look that great. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, uh, games on the radar to close out the show. John, what do you have on the radar? Well, I have the women's three on three game, which is part of the skills competition. Uh, for the NHL on Friday night. It's on Friday night. It's probably on, I assume it's on NBC Sports Network, not regular NBC. But the women will be playing that three-on-three game. It's it's only two 10-minute periods, so you're going to have to kind of figure out what the time is. But the show starts around 5.30, I think, and, and there should be a lot of fun activities, and hopefully we'll see some fun crazy, activities. crazy outfits. Yeah, one can only hope that we see some crazy <laughs> outfits. Uh, yeah, the All-Star game itself, by the way, 5.15 p.m. Pacific on Saturday is one that starts quote-unquote but i'm guessing they'll probably do the face-off at 5 30 remember they have the uh like the three-on-three tournament thing and then skills competition is friday the night before so uh worth watching for everyone except for andy i think it'll probably be somewhat fun (laughs) to watch at least they always you know try to come up with something new so um and then but really my game on the radar is uh monday when we return from the all-star break blues against canucks 7 p.m. It's on ESPN Plus if you don't have, uh, you know, the NHL Two first-place teams. Exactly. Do you want to talk about this at all before we go? The Canucks are currently in first place in the Pacific Division. The Pacific. So, Darren has joked in the past about the topsy-turvy Pacific Division, but this year... It's, it's never been topsy turvier Yeah, exactly. 
The Canucks, as we sit here today, and I have to specify as we sit here today. On Monday. The, Monday, the Canucks are in first place. The next four teams in the Pacific Division are all tied for second, one point behind. So, so one, there is one point separating first and fifth place in the, <laughs> the Pacific Division. It changes nightly. It's actually ridiculous. That is actually ridiculous how close so all the teams are. So Vegas and Arizona are. right now hold the wild cards in the West, and they're one point behind Vancouver. And Vegas just fired their coach. Yep. Uh, yeah, and Andy, what's your game on the radar? Well, we all know how much I love All-Star games. Yeah. Right? So my game on the radar is Monday, the okay. future of the NHL. Well, some future guys, but <laughs> it'll be the AHL All-Star Game, oh, which is okay. going to be on TV, which will be on uh, NHL Network. So you picked an All-Star Game as your I game I love All-Star Games, Aaron. Love it. <laughs> love okay. guys skating half speed, bumping into each other. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that wraps up Episode 70. Thank you again to Julie Stewart-Binks. We really appreciated having you on. Uh, thank you again to that really random like bot that left the comment on SoundCloud. <laughs> dope. That was dope. <laughs> yep. That was Make dope. sure to leave your review on iTunes. We'll read it for you next week on the show. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Stitcher. Buy your Crap Weasels t-shirt. We still have some, and uh, we will talk to you all next week for episode 71. Cheers.